Hi, I'm Julia Braxton, co-host of Murder on the Market, the podcast where true crime and real estate meet. You're listening to realestatepodcastshow.com. Four, three, two, one. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Paul here, realestatepodcastshow.com. Today, I've got another really exciting behind-the-scenes episode of not my podcast, but another really wonderful podcast that I want to uh, make sure that all of you listening get, get a chance to tune in and um, experience this other level of uh, a really great storytelling that these two were doing. So I'm going to welcome you both, and of course, both or, 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 or um, obviously, or one of you um, can do your intro and let people know again who you are. Uh, and of course, the um, the name of the podcast. Yeah, so my name is Julia Braxton, and I'm one of the co-hosts of our podcast, Murder on the Market. And see, I Julia, I thought we were going to do our normal intro that we do to our podcast, where <laughs> she goes, I'm Julia, and then I say, and I'm Terry. We're mother and Julie, daughter. You- <laughs> we're, black, we're black and, and we're, we're your, your co-host. That's kind of how I we normally it. do our introduction, but Julia, I guess, just didn't want to do that on your part. I love, I love the intro <laughs> and I'm glad that you did it. I'm going to use it anyways. I'm going to clip it out and I'll make a clip out of it, but good. But today, yeah, we are kind of like a uh, virtual anyways we're kind of like co-hosts of this podcast the three of us so i i just you know again obviously whatever you guys are comfortable uh doing and obviously yeah so uh, i guess let's start from the beginning with uh with again either or both of you let us uh let's hear the story of how the podcast uh, idea the genesis of this whole thing yeah so honestly yeah. i think Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Say I was going to say this is this is Terry. So I can tell you what ha- my experience was. Julia put on Facebook um, if people thought it was a good idea, and then she said, "Mom, would you like to co-host this thing with me?" And I was like, "I don't care, whatever." Yeah, sure. And so go ahead, Julia. You can tell them how the idea came to you. Yeah. Well, actually, I was um, watching a true crime documentary, and I, my partner was with me as we were watching it, and there was like this house that these murders occurred in, and I was Googling the address of the house, and I was like, I can't believe like four people got murdered in this house, and it's still worth over a million (laughs) dollars and then I started googling just other houses and he was like you should totally make a podcast about houses where murders happened but then talk about like what happens to the houses afterwards or whether they lose their value or do they keep their value because they're in good locations and he just said I should make a podcast about it. And I kind of joked and put it on Facebook and <laughs> said, hey, if I does anyone actually think this is a good idea? And people, we got overwhelming response on Facebook saying I should do it. And so as my mom said, I asked her if she'd want to do it with me. Um, and she said, yeah. And so that's how it all got started. And the it that she's talking about, because we didn't even say the name of our podcast, it's Murder on the Market. And um, Julia and I are really big true crime fans. Julia is actually a crazy horror horror movie fan that started when she was a kid. But uh, but we're both. Uh, and then I used to always watch true crime, which in our house we call uh, murder porn. 
and she so she is so we're both very much into true crime and so uh so it's a it's a podcast about murders that happen in people's homes yeah so it sounds like it it came from something and again most podcasts for the most part are are passion projects they come from something that uh again you enjoy or you you know you would do anyways for free because uh as most of us know uh, you know, being a podcaster, for the most part, it's something that we're doing for uh, for passion. And, and you know, sometimes profit might come along later. Um, but for the most part, it's, uh, it's a combination of uh, something that you would do for yourself, uh, something maybe that you didn't hear being done. And that, that's why I'm talking to you guys is because um, I haven't heard this you know, this specific combination, maybe, maybe it's out there, but I, I haven't yet heard anybody else doing it. So I guess let's dig into the stories because uh, I have, I've had a listen of uh, as many as I could uh, of the, uh, again, of the, of the episodes that you've done. And uh, again, they're, uh, they're all really great stories. And uh, uh, so, so far of the ones that you've done, uh, do you have any specific ones that, um, that stand out to you guys when you were doing the research for it? Well, first, Paul, did you you hear the ones that we did in Canada? Because we did do a couple. Of, <laughs> we did do a couple of in Canada. Julie, why are you laughing? No, it's just funny because he's from Canada, and we have had like three from Canada. <laughs> Oh, well, I know, but at least we have three. We've only had 28 episodes. No, 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 no. I'm saying I think it's cool that we have that number oh, because right, right, we right, try right. to spread it out, you know, a little there's bit. Gonna, but... There's going to there's gonna have to be, or there's going to be a request for a lot more. I'm telling you right now, after we're done talking about this, because again, it's just as a big, just, it's just a bit, as big a deal up here. Uh, mm-hmm. and my wife is even a bigger um, horror story and podcast fan than I am. So, ah, um, nice. so I, I'm not even the biggest podcast listener in the family. So uh, it's it's huge up here, uh, mostly because for six months of the year we're stuck in our in our in our igloos, so right. to speak. We're 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 we're, we're frozen in. Yes. So well, we, we do a lot of listening. So yeah, your Canadian content is going to go up for sure. So <laughs> again, of the ones that you've done so far. Um, is there any that, that you've had, again, like a really, you know, um, unique response to or, or, or something that really was uh, um, sort of in, more interesting for you than, uh, than, than you thought? Well, I was going to say, you know, it's hard for us to say the way we do it, we're talking about behind the scenes. Uh, initially, Julia had come up with about 20 cases and uh that she wanted that she thought we could consider and so and normally she writes all of them up she does the script and everything and i just do little parts of it uh yeah. I, you know, usually do the demographics and things like that so uh we have a variety of, of of different ones and some that she really likes and i don't you know it's like oh do we have to do that that's already been done a million times but then once she writes it up and everything and you know we find additional information that's really cool so for me it's the ones where we find where we, you know, we keep digging and we find things that we didn't know or that hadn't come out yet. So one that I recently wanted to do that we didn't do, um, as I was doing my digging, I found out that a couple other podcasters did it. And the sister of the victim uh, calls the different podcasters who do this story 
uh, to correct information that they may have gotten wrong. So I was like, oh, we better not do that yet. We better do a little more research because we do not want that phone call from the sister. And one of the podcasters actually, you know, video um, audio taped the phone call with the, with, the, with the surviving sister. So lots more details came out that were not allowed to come out in the court hearing or, you know, in the newspapers. So it was quite fascinating. And hopefully one wow. day we do that. But, um, and then we also have a range of shows. So we have some that are more like light, uh, what I call a cozy mystery kind of murder that happened, you know, like deck, you know, uh, in the 1800s. That's not so hardcore and scary as the ones that are more frequent where some kid, you know, murdered their whole family, um, you know, two years ago. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some people prefer the the hardcore versus the cozy and other people. So we have a little bit of everything. But um, but do you want to answer that about a favorite? Yeah, I'm looking through our, our cases now. And I don't know, one that really sticks out to me as a horror movie fan is the Cassie Jo Stoddart case. Um, it was really interesting to me. People call it the scream murders. Basically, a young woman, she was like 16 years old, was killed by two of her classmates. They were inspired by the horror movie Scream. And I found that this was a really interesting case because I thought not only was the story interesting, um, but what happened to the house afterwards was also interesting. Um, we kind of get into how hard it was for the family to sell that house. Some of the houses that we've covered, it felt like, you know, <laughs> pretty soon after the murders happened, people were able to sell it and it maintained its value. And it was like, even now, I mean, we just covered John Benet Ramsey's house and it's like seven point something million dollars. Um, and there were some houses where it, you know, it stays vacant for like 10 years before people can sell it. Um, and I liked that case because there's a lot of interviews that happened with the family where the murder happened, talking about how hard it is to live in a house where a murder has happened um, and how trapped you can be when it's hard to sell that house afterwards. So I thought that that was a really interesting case, not just because of the story of the murder itself, but the aftermath of the murder um, and this family's journey to kind of move on um, by selling the house and how difficult that was for them. And also how difficult it is when you do buy that house or you stay in it. And it's, if it's a really, really well-known um, infamous case, then you have people coming by and stock, you know, looking at your house and taking pictures. And so you have a significant loss of privacy, even decades later, like the Amityville Horror House. You know, that's yep. when everybody knows, like as at least 10 movies were made from it. Same thing with where um, OJ Simpson's uh, Nicole Depp Brown, where she was killed. So buying that house. Uh, oh, and then we had one in New Orleans where the woman made the house an actual tourist museum thing. Uh, what was huh. that one? Gina? She actually, the woman bought it and then she decided to give tours through it. And people oh. really found that, you know, in, in poor taste. I'm sorry, Julia, go ahead. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. You, oh, were, I, you were on a roll. <laughs> no, I can't remember the name of the case though, but it was New Orleans. Oh, it was, it was Zach and Addie, if you're looking through our archive. And I actually talked about it because I visited that home um, because it is open to the public. So if you're interested, I forgot what number it is, but it's our Zach and Addie episode. Wow. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Again, on, on, a, on an unrelated or, you know, somewhat related note, um, we call them up here, we call these types of properties that have, you know, had murders and have um, deaths, unnatural deaths attached to them. Uh, we call them stigmatized properties. Right. Yeah. Same so, here. Yeah, same, same there. So I've taken all the courses I could possibly take, even ones that I wasn't 
supposed to, like we're supposed to take every two years a certain amount of credits for our real estate licenses to be um, to be valid. And I've always taken these courses, even when, uh, you know, it was nothing to do with getting the credits. I've always been a fan of uh, hearing these stories and finding out like what does happen, uh, because I have in my sort of Toronto area database where I live, I sort of have a database of murder houses um, and places where, you know, that have been in the news. So just in case someone's Googling and they miss it, um, I try to make sure that uh, they, you know, they aren't surprised by the fact that they're buying a house that maybe had a, you know, a terrible, awful murder. And, and because I see the listings myself very often, a lot of times, even in a murder house, a recent one that I know in the East York area where there was, it, it was definitely an absolute 100% verified murder happened in the house. Um, and it, and it was on the market. There was no, and that to me is a, you know, a huge red flag because not everyone is going to care. Some people are going to just sleep fine in that house, but yep. Others, um, they're going to probably be scared out of their minds if, uh, you know, they're finding it out as they get their keys or the neighbor tells them for the first time. But in, in, and in Canada, one of the things that we do on our show, and I, I don't know if you noticed it or not, we talk about in which cities and states, uh, which states, you know, have to actually disclose um, yes. murder or discloses. And in Canada, there's no law that says you all have to do that, right? Um, I believe that with the, the, the latest courses that I've done, um, as far as the law goes, there might not be as much. And, and again, I could be wrong. So if someone calls or emails me to correct me, um, I'm totally okay with that. But um, I believe that it's a uh, it's 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 basically what you call um, uh, an optional disclosure. So right. it's something that uh, it, it makes it, it, it just as, as, as someone who's ethical um, I would never dream, even if someone died naturally in a house and I knew about it, I think it's something that you should be mentioning if, if, you know, if someone's spending, you know, which they are spending millions of dollars sometimes on these places, it's, uh, uh, surprises, you know, basically I always say surprises kills, surprises kill deals. So surprises mm -hmm. are what makes, uh, you know, a transaction not happen uh, but if someone is okay with it and they might actually even be a fan of the house for whatever reason, again, it's not up to me to judge, but if they're into that, um, then, you know, they're, they're going to want the keys even sooner. Yep. Well, that, that is good that you're ethical. And we know that, um, you know, in the, in the United States, it's state, you know, different states have different rules. Um, yeah. But we do have, we have always talked about a website that you can go to, at least in the U.S. I don't know if they have Canadian um, houses on there or not, where people can go and pay $11 and put the address in. And it tells if there's been any type of um, crime there, including like if it was ever a meth house, if there was a suicide, you just put the address in and the information will pop up. So we always warn people, you know, don't just trust your realtor because um, except most places say if you're asked, you have to tell. So that's helpful. well, you know what? You're absolutely right. Paying $11, paying $111, if, if it gives you peace of mind so that you know exactly, you know, what may have gone on in that house, 
Um, I always say it, it's just like it's just like a home inspection. Home inspection isn't a guarantee that the house is perfect. It's just giving you, um, you know, a, a, a review of, of the, the state of the house at that time. At the moment, you know, you're buying it. That's that's the condition of the house. So so knowing everything, like you said, meth labs, those are obviously that, you know, those are still an issue here. Um, you know, every once in a while, though, there's a house like that that'll blow up. Uh, um, and, and people, you know, will forget about it. So it's good to know that, you know, something like that happens. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good that you guys are, again, are, are as um, on top of all these details as, as possible. And now, have any of you, have either of you ever been in real estate or? No, I bought a lot of homes, but. And Julia just bought her new house a couple last year, the year before Julia. How, when no, I bought my home in uh, 2020, May of 2020. So, right. um, so Julia bought her first house when she was what, 26? Were you 26? Yeah. You don't know. Don't you know? Oh, wait, age? no. I, I had just turned 26 because it was May and I'm born yeah. in May. Okay. So All right. So. Well, congrats on the new house, even if it was two years ago. Um, but obviously, yeah, you've got enough experience. And I think without even getting into it, whether or not you're a realtor these days, it doesn't even matter. The people who talk, for example, on Twitter, um, I, I know people that like have entire Twitter followings about real estate and they're just fans. They're just people who know a lot about, you know, certain things and, and it's just something they like to talk about. They're not in the business. They sometimes do something completely different. Um, so that's the, yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the beauty of, uh, of, again, just, you know, how these connections happen. Exactly. And to be honest, the real estate part of it is not the main part. It's a small part of it. So we do our research yes. just for that. So, yeah, uh, because course. it's murder, it's called murder on the market. So it's definitely about houses that, you know, about people who have been killed in homes and then, you know, what happened to the house afterwards. So that's about the extent of it. <laughs> we don't get into it. <laughs> We don't get into anything like what you get into on your podcast in terms of just giving people information about housing and all that. We don't, we just say, make sure you ask. <laughs> well, again, and that's why I think it's so important for me not to be stuck on one um, topic as far as the way I, 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 I try to include as many different opinions and different uh, views as possible and, and, and having podcasters join me um, who are, again, today's version of um, storytellers are, are podcasters are the, the the current version of you know the the storytellers that used to be in you know in in, in every town and every city in the world there was you know the, the 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 local storyteller who knew everything about that area and that's that's where you got your information from so yeah so basically that's the that's the the, the genesis of the story is that someone said that you should you know or you, you asked some people on facebook if uh, you should do it and from that the uh, the podcast was born so going forward because we've talked about about the past and you've talked about the show a little bit uh so to wrap it up what would you say is in the future for the podcast what sort of uh, plans do you have because uh my wife and i are actually going to watch um a podcast a live podcast taping next year so we bought tickets and we're actually going to see um an actual um podcast taping uh so that's you know that 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 shows you how much podcasts have uh 
you know, grown into something because that's something that she's uh, she she wanted to do as a, as a Christmas gift. So that's something we're we're doing. So what are the plans for you guys for the podcast going forward? I can say I, I think that something we're hoping to do is really, really build an audience. Um, we recently got a PR manager and she's been doing an amazing job. And so it's been really great to see our audience grow. I would love like my my big goal one day, this is probably years and years down the road, but maybe to like do a tour where we could go and have like live audiences at some point. That's, you know, I always listen to my podcast and I hear about them doing that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, maybe one day we'll be able to get that big. Um, but I think um, encouraging people to spread the word uh, so that we can really grow our numbers and kind of uh, get more more people into this weird form of true crime podcast. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of... And isn't our dream to be um, like a guest on CrimeCon? Like when CrimeCon... Uh, Maybe that's like a definitely a more short term, uh, short term yeah. goal. Crime I think it's more attainable. Like a, yeah, Crime Con is like an annual conference for true crime, uh, for, for true crime fans. So it's all the people from the true crime TV shows, and you know, it's just like a big conference or convention, and and uh, and true crime fans come and you do autographs and we do speaking and things like that. But Paul, I just wanted to really quickly go back to when you were saying that you know the, that there may be people on here wondering how to start a podcast or you know yeah, how. Of course. We, I just want to go into that really quickly because Julia, um, who's sort of a neurotic overachiever anyway, but she really pulled together the the logo, the music that happens before our, uh, in a week, she did this in, in one week, because uh, she's like, this is podcast. And then on Monday, she goes, okay, what do you think about this logo? And then on Tuesday, she was like, okay, here's the music. Which which one do you like? Do you like this music or that intro music? And then the next day she goes, okay, we're going to, you know, here's, here's, who, here's the microphone. And here is the, uh, here's the uh, head headphones. She just sent me the link to Amazon, order this. And then the next day, so like by, by the end of the week, we were ready to go. And then she okay. had, uh, and we did change platforms. We started out with one platform and I don't remember who, what it was now. And then we moved to Riverside. Julia, why did we move? Why did you change? Uh, why did we change where we did our podcast? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I think it had something to do with sound or the ease of editing or something like that. And then her boyfriend was going to edit, but then she started editing. And so just, and she's not an editing. She's a, she was a school, she, um, she was a school teacher. And now she's an administrator. I'm a therapist. So we don't know anything about editing or sound or anything, but that's yeah. just how easy it was because the platforms make it easy for you to be able to do those kinds of things. So I just wanted oh, to just oh. put that out there that we kind of pull that whole process together in a week um when she was sitting up being a substitute teacher you know for one week and um so it wasn't that hard good 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 i, I love hearing that stories because uh, those kind of stories because for me um sharing those is so important and i always call like i call my story the nine dollar microphone story because that's basically how it started for me i went to a store with my son uh, and they were selling microphones for nine bucks. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap dad. So uh, I just said, okay, well, for under 10 bucks, I think I can uh, give this thing a shot and uh, see where it goes. And I still have that microphone. I use a better one now, um, but it just, it just got me started, uh, which I think is the whole point about uh, whether you're at episode 20, 200 or 2000, whatever you know, whoever is out there, it all started with one episode and, you know, again, a, a $10 microphone, which you can probably get on Amazon if you Absolutely. Uh, wanted and to go we, and look or use your phone. We yeah. when, 
when we listen to our crime, because we're fans of lots of crime podcasts, you can definitely tell a difference between episode one and episode yes. 100. You know, as you part, should, as you yeah, should, it exactly. should be different. Yeah, people do. We just get out there and start and then we get feedback from people and then we just change and change and change. So your first couple of episodes are not going to be your best episodes ever. You know, you just grow. And so that's it's just definitely it, it, that kind of it's been a, a, an organic process for sure. And we're still growing. We're still, you know, we're still figuring things out. Well, you know what? You're definitely going in the right direction. And I wish you both uh, nothing but the best of success uh, uh, now and in, into the future. And uh, because you've made it, because you've put the, the wish, uh, you know, out there as far as how you want it to grow and eventually have a crowd uh, watching the, you know, watching a recording. If you ever do end up doing a tour, and you end up up here in Canada, please make sure you let me know. And uh, I'll definitely be uh, helping you promote the thing so that uh, you can fill it up with uh, as many uh, podcast people as possible. Thank you. And I got to say, Paul, we would love to have you as a guest on our podcast. Our first couple episodes, we got realtors to come on and talk about, um, you know, the houses and and how they might sell it or, you know, their kind of and haunting, haunting, hauntings and real experiences that they had. And I've heard you, I've heard you have some of those. So it'd be great. Yep. But maybe the next time we do a Canadian house, we'll invite you on and you can, uh, you know, talk about whatever you want. <laughs> That, you know what? I've never turned down a podcast invite, mostly because um, I've always said to anybody starting a podcast as if um, is or, or to anybody out there who, who doesn't know about them. If someone ever if some start if some beginner podcaster like, you know, nervous, doesn't know what they're doing. If some beginner podcaster asks you to be on their podcast, you pretend it's Oprah herself asking Aww. you to be on the show. The, you, you have to have that kind of energy because that person is probably scared out of their minds. A lot of people, they're not, not everybody's comfortable saying, you know, will you join me on the show? So every time someone's ever asked me for me, uh, it's like Oprah themselves or herself uh -huh. asking me to be on that uh, show. So I'd be, I'd be more than honored to show up anytime. And every time you might need a, a realtor to uh, bounce some ideas off and, uh, possibly uh you know make the uh, make the make the episode a little uh, dramatic uh, <laughs> or whatever awesome. you need well we're going to send you some oprah vibes <laughs> soon well, so you yeah of course and and if she wants either of us on her you know on any of her shows i mean right. uh, by all means it's uh, it's an open invitation for oprah to join me on this podcast because i know right. she's got some real estate uh, <laughs> a lot of real estate <laughs> In Canada, she has real estate. You know, she has. Yeah, she does. She, I believe, she owns a home in Vancouver, like in the uh, in the West Coast. Nice, cool. So yeah, so she's uh, she she's welcome as as well as you are. Uh, and of go and again, uh, obviously, I wanted to say thank you both for your time today. I really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to uh, whatever we might end up doing next. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all your listeners as well. Come on over to oh. Murder on the Market, though. Check us Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you let them know how to get there before we before I let you guys go. Do a little outro. Uh, and I'll probably make a clip of that, too. So let them know uh, best way to get to you, best way to listen, best way to reach you if they've got questions or show ideas. Uh, let them know. And uh, then we'll call it a wrap. Great. Yeah.
So you can find us at murderonthemarket.com. That's our website, um, Murder on the Market podcast on Instagram, or email us at murderonthemarket at gmail.com. And you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Sounds amazing. Right. Thank and you so both for joining if people, me. If people have echo, you could just say Alexa. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks. Bye.